Star Wars 7x7 episode 2726. All right, it's Monday, which means it's FET Day officially, as opposed to all the unofficial FET Days we've had over the last month or so. And today we're going to be talking about War of the Bounty Hunters, which is the biggest major story in which Boba Fett was involved prior to the events of Return of the Jedi. And again, doing this to get an idea of just who Boba Fett is and what he has been through prior to us meeting him again in Mando Season 2 and The Book of Boba Fett. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So War of the Bounty Hunters was this sprawling epic story that took place across six months of Star Wars storytelling in Marvel Comics. It touched all four of the ongoing titles and included some one-shots and a limited series. 34 issues in total across these six months to tell this story. And we're going to dive into that story this week, starting with what was defined as the prelude at the time, which included a sort of issue zero, which they called Alpha, War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, and then four issues of the ongoing four Star Wars titles. Now, we're in full spoiler territory for this, so there's your fair warning. And we're going to cover the entire prelude today, and we'll do it in that sort of five highlight situation that we usually do these sorts of things with except that we're going to go really fast because we're covering five issues of comics. So yeah, we're not going to blow this out into a half hour show or anything. We're just going to hit the high points really fast. So the story starts out in War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, the issue zero sort of thing, if you will. And here are the five points that you need to know. First of all, Boba's flying Han to Tatooine, but Han starts thawing. Yeah, he starts thawing out and it's like, yikes! He obviously has to do something about that. So he stops at Nar Shaddaa, the smuggler's moon, to see if he can get some help. So there's a character there named Doc Ragon, who Boba has worked with before. Doc can stabilize Han and prevent him from turning into goo, which I guess is what would happen when the carbonite thaws unnaturally. And he wants to be paid in advance. Boba says he doesn't have the money to do it. Doc says, okay, if you can kill this pit fighter for me, then I'll consider it even. So the pit fighter turns out to be connected to the Kanji Huts. So the Kanji Criminal Enterprise, and it's run by Huts at this point. This is before the Kanji fighters rebel and become Kanji Club and become their own criminal syndicate that we've talked about a couple of weeks ago. And so Boba agrees and he goes in and he ends up killing the Kanji pit fighting champion and the Kanji are absolutely not happy about that. So file that away for later because it's a reason why the Kanji club folks, when they become a thing, are not going to be particularly inclined nicely toward Boba Fett. Anyway, so while this is going on, some people show up at Doc's office after it appears that he has fixed Han Solo's carbonite block and they steal the carbonite block and kill Doc. We don't necessarily know who these people are just yet in the story. And so the issue ends with Boba going back to Doc's office, but Doc is dead, and Han is gone, and Boba's like, don't! And he leaves the Smuggler's Moon and <laughs> Bib Fortuna and Jabba the Hutter calling, like, hey, where's Han? We want Han, we're getting impatient. And Boba's like, yeah, I'll get him to you, but it's going to take me a minute. And that's when things start going off the rails. The story picks up in Star Wars issue 13, and we find out that Chewbacca has had feelers out to his Wookiee network to 
see if there's any sighting of Boba Fett and somebody contacts him and says, yes, somebody like him was seen on Smuggler's Moon. And so, hey, that's great news. It's a lead they can go check out. And the funny thing about this, the way the story develops, and maybe there's stuff in previous issues that I'm not familiar with, but Luke says, hey, we should bring Lando on a mission like this to Smuggler's Moon. It seems like it would be the perfect place to use someone like him. And Chewbacca reacts badly to this and says Lando can't be trusted. Now, last we saw Lando in the movies, he and Chewbacca were taking off in the Falcon to go find Boba and Han. So it seemed like Lando was on the side of the angels at that point. But for Chewbacca to say, no, Lando can't be trusted in this situation, well, yeah, so maybe Lando's situation is not fully resolved. So they go to Nar Shada and start asking questions, which doesn't go over well, and more representatives of the Kanji Huts show up and say, yeah, we don't like the way you're talking, and so you're the property of the Kanji Huts now. Great. We like you guys. And... <laughs> And of course, Luke and company don't like that at all, and so they fight, and they escape. And the issue ends with the Alliance getting a communication from an unknown party about Han Solo. And so that's one of those dun-dun-dun moments that you'll have to wait until a few more stories down the line before you find out what the deal is with that. And they don't learn anything about Boba Fett's situation at all. But they do acquire a great new ally, Sagwa. Sagwa is the Wookiee that we met in Solo A Star Wars Story on Kessel, where Sagwa was trying to get Chewbacca to leave with the rest of the Wookiees that he freed in that whole Fufara that happened on Kessel and Chewbacca decided to stick with a different family. So Sagwa as a free Wookiee was working as a guard on the Smuggler's Moon and decided that, yeah, yeah, this is getting a little too hot for me. I'm gonna come with you and join the Rebel Alliance. So that's pretty awesome. The story then picks up in Bounty Hunters issue 12, and it seems like every Bounty Hunter story I read, I don't know if this is just the way it is with them, but they seem to fracture their story in terms of time. Like, it's not chronologically told. There seem to be a lot of now and then and before and sort of situations where they jump back and forth through time to tell stories. But I'll straighten this one out for you. So. Han Solo and Baylor Valence, who is the lead character of the Bounty Hunter series, like, they are on good terms, but there was apparently an event in the past, some time in the past, we don't know when, but definitely before this time period of the War of the Bounty Hunter series, where some people were hired on to try to kill Han and Chewie, and Baylor was brought in as a potential fourth person on this hit crew. He didn't know who it was going to be, but once he found out it was going to be Han Solo, he made things happen so Solo could actually escape, except Solo saw Baylor Valence as part of this hit team, and Baylor didn't get a chance to explain, and so Han is mad at Baylor, saying, like, I thought we were friends, like, what are you doing? Ah, as Chewie is dragging him to safety and so Valence feels like he you know, already has a debt to Solo, but now he really has a debt to Solo. So now he has taken on a partner to try to find Solo now that Solo has been frozen in carbonite and taken away by Boba Fett. That partner is Dengar, and yeah, already I'm just like, this is not going to go well <laughs> at all. It never does with Dengar. I don't know why people keep partnering with him, because stuff doesn't work out around him, but be that as it may. It turns out that there are other complications that Baylor has to deal with. So we talked just uh, the other day about the series of issues in the Bounty Hunters comic where 
Baylor was on this mission that Boba Fett was involved in with sort of a Romeo and Juliet thing between war and crime syndicates. Well, apparently one of those syndicates, the Unbroken Clan, has sent four LOM and Zuckus after Baylor Valence to get him to turn over the daughter of that Romeo and Juliet relationship. And they catch up with, with Baylor and Dengar and are basically going to blow him out of the sky if they don't, or blow him out of space, <laughs> if they don't turn over the daughter. Well, it turns out that they have much more desirable terms to offer to 4LOM and Zuckus. That's, you know, what Dengar and Baylor Valence have. And it is the last known coordinates of Boba Fett, who now we find out has a price on his head. The fact that he didn't deliver Han Solo in a timely manner to Jabba the Hutt made Jabba say, all right, I'm putting a price on Boba Fett's head now. So this is new news. And so they give 4LOM and Zuckus the location, which would presumably be the Smuggler's Moon. And then as the issue ends, they are trying to repair the ship so they can get to the Smuggler's Moon before 4LOM, 4LOM and Zuckus do. But there is a brief note in there about how every bounty hunter in the galaxy has to have heard about the fact that Jabba's put a price on his ex-favorite's head, meaning Boba Fett, of course. And so, yeah, now the stakes are even higher. Then the story picks up up in Darth Vader issue 12 and there's really not anything specific related to Boba Fett until the very end of the issue but what you probably need to know in advance of that is that previous issues there was something where it seems like he tried to kill Palpatine again and it didn't work and he was laid low on Exegol of all places but also got to see the true power and might potential of the Sith or something like that and so instead of thinking that he was going to recruit Luke he's decided that he is just going to kill Luke period paragraph end of story and so the way that he's going to start that process is by reacquiring the carbonite block with Han Solo in it and I guess at this point it's known in all circles that Boba has lost Han, that Jabba doesn't have Han, and so Vader employs Ochi of Bastoon, yes, Ochi of Bastoon from Rise of Skywalker, right? Employs Ochi to talk to Baku the Hut and say, hey, you acquire Han and you give him to us and your power will be increased within the whole Hut clan situation. And the last prelude story takes place in Dr. Aphra issue 10. There's no mention of Boba Fett or Han Solo in this issue, so it's really kind of indirect. There's just basically a hint at what's to come. Most of the story is part of a previous story that was going on in previous issues of Dr. Aphra, but at the end of it, the head of the Tag Corporation, Lady Domina, and yes, this is as in Casio Tag of the Empire, right? So there's some sort of arms dealer person that was talking to them about an incredible opportunity to which he'd been invited and he has since disappeared and they're unable to get in contact with him. So the Tag Corporation wants to hire Dr. Afra and Sonostaros along with her to find this arms dealer, find out where he's gone and what this big incredible opportunity is to which he's been invited. He was seen boarding some sort of leisure yacht to head off and find out what this whole opportunity was. So there you go. That's the opening of War of the Bounty Hunters in a nutshell. And I gotta say, it feels like it does just give another hit to Boba Fett's reputation as the most fearsome bounty hunter. I mean, if he was really that greatly feared, would anybody be trying to take his bounty away from him? 
and he leaves Han Solo behind in a situation where there's like no security? <laughs> I mean, how easy was it for these characters to take Han away from this doctor? Like, it's just, uh, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> I don't know. I keep trying to give credit where they keep saying that credit is supposed to be due with this most fearsome bounty hunter, but there are too many situations that happen like this where I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm not so sure. But we'll see if it gets better for him because we're going to dig into this whole story. And ultimately, this is going to culminate with us reflecting on what we've learned about Boba Fett over the course of these episodes just prior to us actually getting into the book of Boba Fett itself. So I'm hoping that there's a slam-bang conclusion through all of this. And I'm so grateful that you've been joining me for all these episodes where we dig into Boba Fett's backstory. And that's going to do it for this one. So it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.